Welcome to the Nuggets of Truth podcast. I'm Rebecca Bush, and I'm here with my mom, Ann Farnham, each week to talk about the truth in God's Word and how to apply it to our lives. In Hebrews 4.12, we read that the Word of God is alive and powerful. Not only is the Bible powerful, but it's full of nuggets of truth, nuggets that help us have lives characterized by good fruit. As we share stories and end with an encouraging word from Scripture for your week, it's our hope that you will leave feeling full of courage and wisdom as you walk in God's truth. In today's episode, we are going to talk about contentment. Our world spends most of their days looking for contentment, and often, as believers, we aimlessly join right in. Hoping a certain job, spouse, kids, house, or number in the bank will finally make us fulfilled. God's Word tells us there is a better, more whole way. Join us today to hear what the Bible says is the secret to contentment. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah? Good, yeah. It's been a great week here in... Uh, sunny South Carolina. Sunny South Carolina, yeah. I know, minus the layer of pollen. Oh, which is green. Very which is green very everywhere. green. The sunshine has been wonderful. And the azaleas are truly in bloom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are excited to be back recording again. Um, and today we're going to talk about contentment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to remind you first that if you haven't found us on Facebook and Instagram, if you're on those uh, social media platforms, check us out. We're mm-hmm. at Nuggets of Truth Podcast. Yep. You can also review the podcast and share it on your social media or with a friend if it's been encouraging to you. Yeah. Yeah. That would help us a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to start something new. Yeah. What are we starting with? We're going to put show notes on. Tell them what those <laughs> are, Rebecca. So if you've done or you've listened to podcasts before, a lot of times they will reference, oh, we'll put that in the show notes. It's basically a resource that will come on your podcast app wherever you listen, or you can get it on my mom's website, which yep. is? Yep. Um, AuthorAnnFarnham.com. That's right. Mm-hmm. And um, it has... Bible verses, anything that was mentioned that might be of value if you're driving in the car, you're doing mm-hmm. something while you're listening and you think, oh, I want to go find what they were talking about. We'll Where put did it. that quote come from? That's right. Yeah. It'll be in the show notes. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. So we're starting those this week. Mm-hmm. Good. Yes. Yeah. So today we're talking about contentment, mm-hmm. which of course the opposite would be discontentment. discontentment. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mom, have has there ever been a time where you've been discontent? Hmm. Let me think. <laughs> I think I can think of at least one <laughs> or a whole lot more. Yeah. 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 Tell us about it. Well, or tell know, us about one that you thought of. Way back in the eighties, we moved to Wisconsin and we were just starting out where we had two children and one on the way, which was Yay. you, Rebecca. Wisconsin's a great state. And yes, it is. And we moved from a very small house of about 1100 square feet to a larger house of about 2000 square feet. So it really doubled. Yeah. That's a, yeah. a lot different. Yeah. And first of all, I had a little bit of trouble being content with the fact that it was so much bigger because now you have to clean it. Well, yes, that oh. too. But I also <laughs> had to furnish it. Right. And I didn't have the money for the furnishings. Right. So we ended up buying a little bit of furniture for a living room, but we had no dining room table and all we had was a very old rickety kitchen table mm. and I was pretty discontent with that and I let I let my husband know about that oh dear yeah yeah <laughs> not like anyone else would ever do that right right <laughs> well over time um I finally found one on sale 
uh, dining room table with six chairs, and so I was able to purchase that. Yeah. And I just knew that by purchasing that table, my life was finally going to be complete, and I was Your going house to would be, be perfect. I would be content. Yes. Yes. The delivery man brought it in, and about two or three days later, I realized I'm not, not so great. Really, all that contented. <laughs> I mean, there's more things I want now. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of the way we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is the way we are. Now, what about you, Rebecca? Well, like probably most people out there, I could give you probably an example from even yesterday where I felt discontent. Um, But as I was thinking through it, I thought about a time back when we lived in Louisville, I was really discontent with my job. Mm -hmm. So we had moved from Richmond, Kentucky, and I was teaching school there and then moved to Louisville and it was in the middle of... The housing crisis and all that in 2008-2009. It was a tough time to get a job. Yeah, people weren't retiring. It was just rough altogether. Uh, And there was a big teaching, um, a shortage of jobs, not a Mm -hmm. shortage of teachers. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up at a like daycare pre-K thing doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was very discontent about it. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of complaining, I think. Well, yeah. Probably to you. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Um, But, you know, often transitions in our lives can bring discontentment, Mm -hmm. like moves or new babies, uh, work situations that are hard, hard things with our kids. Sometimes it can spring from comparison. Mm -hmm. Like we, if we just had that person's ability to eat whatever they want and stay tiny or that person's talent for this or that, um, then we'd be happy. And our society just kind of breeds that discontentment because especially with social media, we're seeing so Mm -hmm. much more of what people are up to and doing and all of that. But often it really also stems from unmet expectations Mm -hmm. and a lack of gratitude for what we do have. Mm -hmm. I don't um, know about y'all out there, but with my kids, this is something I can see really quickly, like at Christmas. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They open up all these things we've spent this money on, the grandparents have spent Mm -hmm. money on, and it's super exciting for like an hour. And Mm -hmm. then... You know, they're on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. It loses its luster really quickly. Mm-hmm. And and um, oftentimes we see kids, you know, they'll be like, I'm bored. Even though they have a whole playroom or a, yeah. a playground outside in their yard and a trampoline and all these things. Yeah. Um, and that's just the child version of what we, we do too. Yeah. So. We do it as adults. But that's we right. act like children doing it. That's right. <laughs> we, we can mask it a little better, but sometimes. Yeah. Actually, I think we try to mask it, you know, but really anyone who's close to us is right. definitely going to figure out how discontented we are because it's really a hard thing to hide. You know, Oxford Dictionary says that contentment is a state of happiness or satisfaction, which I, I actually like that word satisfaction because I think that that contentment really is that. You know, it says in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8, we read, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us uh, when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Mm. So this verse tells us, look, you are not getting out of this world taking all this wealth with you. You know, money, no possessions. None of it's coming with you. The only thing that's coming is the character that God has built into you mm. um, by changing you to be more like him. That's the only thing that's going into eternity with us. And, you know, what I like to think about is the fact that I'm going to still be me, but way better because yes. of no sin. Right. Right. 
And contentment and satisfaction um, is being con- is being a sa- satisfied with what we have. Right. Not always wanting something different. So contentment is a satisfaction with what one has. That's hard. Right? <laughs> and this kind of, sat- of contentment is a very great value. Yeah. Right? So, Rebecca, what would you say if I asked you what is the result of being discontent? Well, probably I would say complaining. Yes. Which is yes. what I have done a lot of in my yeah. life. I think we all have. Yes. <laughs> um, in Proverbs 27, 15, and 16, it says a quarrelsome or complaining mm-hmm. wife is as annoying as constant dripping on a rainy day. Mm. Stopping her complaints is like trying to stop the wind or trying to hold something with greased hands. Mm. Much like a greased pig. Or have you ever done the um, greased watermelon in the pool? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Impossible. Yeah. yeah. Hard to catch, hard to mm-hmm. stop. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that I have seen so often as I have either counseled or mentored women um, over the years is a lack of contentment. You know, I'll listen to their stories and their complaints. And um, when I get all through it, I say to them usually, so tell me what it is you want from mm-hmm. this. And almost to a fault, everyone says, in some form, I want peace. So uh, David Guzik, who was a commentator from Blue Letter Bible, which I really appreciate reading his stuff, but he said the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, Mm -hmm. which is more than just a cessation of hostilities. It is God's word for wholeness and goodness, and now get this, and total satisfaction in life. So that's the abundant life Jesus promised. Shalom is the gift of precious well-being. It's the establishment of a lasting righteous good. So if you want to have this peace, total satisfaction in Jesus, you must learn to be content with what God has um, given to us. Given to us yeah. and what you have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, these are really well-known words, but it says... Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The word, the Greek word for content here means sufficient for oneself, strong enough or possessing enough to need no aid or support independent of external circumstances and contented with one's lot um with one's means though the slenderest so though small Mm -hmm. you know paul in this section of scripture is really thanking the uh, believers in philippi for the gifts that they sent to him that's right you know at um that time paul had only received gifts from philippi no other church had shared with him but what he wanted the christians to understand was that it wasn't that paul was thankful so much for the gift but he was thankful that they gave the gift that's right right they needed to give um you know paul was most likely really well off before he followed jesus you know his jewish parents um possessed roman citizenship right it was a coveted privilege which he would also have as the son and most commentators think that he grew up in jerusalem his education, his background was that of a Pharisee. He, so he had a great education. Yeah. But now he's in chains, as he writes to the Philippians. And having great wealth was not his goal anymore. Preaching mm-hmm. Jesus was his goal. And he goes on to say, I've learned, get that word, learned, 
I have learned to be content both with a lot and a little. So Paul had to practice it. He had to be in the habit of or be accustomed to being content. Yeah, it's definitely not our natural bent. No, it's something we learn. <laughs> right. It's something we learn and it's a habit, mm-hmm. just like Paul, that we need to um, make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something that make a part of our life. Right. Yeah. You know, years ago, um, when I was talking earlier about moving to Wisconsin, but one of the things we did there was we began going to a, a mega church, essentially, of about 6,000 people. And um, we'd been there a number of years, and, I mean, we had just every program under the sun. So there was always something you could get involved in. In fact, we used to joke that, you know, if you were a one-legged fisherman who liked to golf, there was definitely a group for you. There was something for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so, but anyways, I, I was very involved in the women's ministry back, even back then. And we would have 500 or so young moms come on, like, Tuesday. And then another 500 or so oh come goodness. on Thursday because we couldn't fit in the overflow. I mean, it was just that big wow. of, a, of a thing. And it became a really important part of my life. Well, then the Lord moved us back, um, yes. back home to New York. And when we were in New York, um, we started going to our home church. Well, our home church was, you know, 300 people, maybe 400 at the time. And so I began to be very discontented with the fact there wasn't this kind of mom's group. Yeah. And so my best friend Debbie at the time, we, we would get together and I would complain to her about how we needed to, you know, this was just terrible. Yes. I mean, we just didn't have this, right? How could we do without yeah. it? Well, she listened to me complain <laughs> for probably six weeks. And finally, one day she just looked at me. She said, just stop complaining and do something about it. You know, <laughs> very wise, very wise. <laughs> yes. And, you know, since that time, I've asked the Lord to really help me make it a habit not to complain because that is just bolsters our discontentment yeah it's like feeding the fire yeah and so often the holy spirit will say stop Anne, stop you know and stop me in my tracks yeah so what is the secret to contentment then in our current circumstances you know this scripture tells us that the secret is having christ's strength it's not whether we have little or much or the perfect home or job or body or spouse or Bible study group. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That's right. It's not whether our, our children turn out the way that we, of course, plan and hope for. But the secret is that in Christ, we can have contentment regardless mm-hmm. of our circumstances because we have his strength, his eternal perspective, and abu- an abundance of blessings from him that never, ever fades. That's right. That's right. You know, I really believe that part of contentment is faith in God's promises and character. Mm -hmm. Belief that God will take care of us no matter what the situation is, whether we're moving to a new place, whether it's a job thing, whether it's a church thing, whatever Mm -hmm. the issue is, that he cares for our unique path. He has a plan for us and Mm -hmm. a purpose in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Yeah. Discontentment often can make us restless or aimless in our lives. You know, something I can find it myself doing is like wondering, am, is what I'm doing with my kids right? Is it best? Mm-hmm. Am I spending my life purposefully? Mm-hmm. All these things. Mm-hmm. And evaluating our lives is not a bad thing. I'm not right. saying that. But often it begins because I'm comparing myself to someone else or mm-hmm. because I'm discontent with my current situation. That's right. That's right. You know, Martin Luther wrote this. He said, next to faith, this is the highest art, to be content with the calling in which God has placed you.
So Rebecca, how in our American culture can we find contentment? Well, the first thing we sort of already talked about, but it's just that we need to learn to be satisfied with what God's already given us in our lives. Mm. You know, here in America, and especially where we live, most of us has have way more than enough. Yeah. I mean, enough for many, many other people than ourselves. Yeah. Especially clothes. Especially clothes. Right? As we sit in a closet. we're in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to be satisfied with what God's given us to do and what we have um, in our possessions. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 30 verse 8 says, First, help me never tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. Mm. And Charles Spurgeon said, it's not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. Yeah, and remember that God promises to take care of all your needs and my needs. That's right. And he made us to be wholly satisfied in him. Hebrews 13, 5 says, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you, and I will never abandon you. You know, John Newton said this, that you may have even heard before, but it says, everything is needful that he sends. Nothing is needful that he withholds. Love that quote. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third thing is to practice gratitude. And this is the opposite of complaining. It helps us have that habit of contentment. Mm -hmm. The grass is truly greener where you water it. Mm -hmm. 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Today we really want you to just be encouraged. God intimately knows your exact situation and what circumstances you might be struggling to find contentment in. So we would really encourage you to pray and ask God to help you to be content with whatever you're facing. You know, he can change circumstances, and sometimes he really does. But he's all about changing our hearts and changing the way that we act towards those circumstances. Thanks for joining us on the Nuggets of Truth podcast. And we hope you feel encouraged this week to look into God's word for your own nuggets of truth.